Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Years ago, when I was learning about giving and receiving, and I remember getting a message and the, the message really impacted my life to where I started really reflecting on it because the message that I was taught was what I was reading in the Bible, but in the giving part, there was an action of the receiving part. But then I would hear these people on TV and the radio say, give, but don't expect anything in return. And I kept thinking, why would they say something like that? And... As I was just thinking about this, I was, I, I, I was going to a friend's house. This is, what, this is what was cool, what came up within my spirit, because I was talking to him, and he had another couple friends, and we were just, we, it was just a time where we were trying to just relate to one another in our faith. And these guys believed the other way, where you're supposed to give, but don't expect anything that's wrong to do that. And so I was, I picked him up and we were going over there and then we were going to go play basketball. So I remember talking this and this came up within me. This is so amazing because I'm not this smart. But inside of me, the Lord said this, say, what, what if, and this is what he said, what if you were asked to receive Jesus, but nothing else was involved in that? And that's what came in and I said, what if, uh, you don't know Jesus. Let's say you're, 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 you totally have no understanding of church or anything. I said, I would like to receive Jesus. And then you ask me, well, why would I need Jesus? And I just say, because. Right. Well, because why? Well, because, he, he, because you just need to receive Jesus. See, I can't add anything to it because that would be receiving something. And we can't expect to receive something because that's a terrible heart. These are what people do on the radio, Christian TV and stuff. And, and so I said, no, you just, you just received Jesus. Well, okay, well, and then he said, well, because so we go to heaven. I go, no, 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 no strings attached. And he went, hey, he got what I was doing. And he went, what are you doing? And I'm going, I'm just being real with you. I'm giving you a scripture. I'm showing you something about Jesus. And he came to this earth and he died for us. And I want you to receive him. Okay, and, and I go, there's no ands. Because you just should receive Jesus without anything expecting. And he went, oh my gosh. I didn't even see it that way. I go, I know, but that's what religion does. It robs you of truth. See, of course there are people that take scripture and take it way out of context. And I understand that. But just because you take something out of context doesn't mean you throw away all the rest of the truth. What you do is you get the information correct. So what does the Bible say? It says we're to receive. We are to receive. Now, in that, I want you to understand something about today's message. Mary's salvation. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, I think you got that all wrong. No, because that's what Christmas is about. Salvation. And I'm going to show you this morning the importance of understanding that. I believe with my whole heart that 
after this message, you are going to go into Christmas with a whole different view. Not only a different view, but you are going to be filled with so much joy and excitement of the understanding that you will not be able to hold back from telling other people about how awesome Christmas is. And that's what we should all be. We should all be going into this, not with, it comes every year, we do the same thing every year, and the expectation is the same every year. I believe that we should be going into this time of Mary's salvation with an attitude of why Jesus was even born on that day. And then with this, under, with this information, I believe not only is it going to impact your, your heart, but your family's heart, but those that you come in contact with. Because we're going to go through the stores now at Walmart and go, hey, Mary Salvation. No, we're not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. We're not going that crazy. That's, that's extremism. But we're going to understand what Christmas is about. Because when we do that, it's not just about a baby in a manger, it's just not about, you know, the pictures we have of Christmas and happy birthday, Jesus, and we're so glad. And, and once we go get over this, you know, this little celebration, we can get the important stuff of Easter. But we all understand without Christmas, there is no Easter. But my thought is this. Why is there a Christmas? What is the purpose and reason of Christmas? Because it isn't just about Jesus coming, it's about the purpose. And I started thinking, you know what? What is that purpose? What is that reason for the season? And we all know, take away Christ, you just have a bunch of mass, you know, and it, Christmas. All right, anyway, that just went woo right above all you guys. But what we do is, is we look at the importance of this time coming up with an understanding, and the reason why it's so important, because it has everything to do with your walk. Everything to do with your Christian walk and your following Jesus and understanding, because right now, many of you are going into Christmas time and you're a little down in the dumps, or, or maybe a loved, was, what, a loved one isn't here when they used to be here, and, and all the different dealings, family issues and problems, and maybe the stresses of of your job or the issues out there. Maybe you didn't get your, you know, your, your present that you ordered on, you know, Monday, Cyber Monday, and now it's too late. But anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at um, Mary's salvation. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, and this is Joseph when he just found out his wife-to-be, um, is pregnant, and he had nothing to do with it. Now I know we'd be just like Joseph and thinking, how can we be gentle in this situation? Right, guys? You, all, you know, that's how we all would think. We'd be thinking about how can we get her in a position where she still is a righteous, holy person? Yeah, right. That ain't happening, right? No, we, there, there'd be all kinds of hell breaking loose. But here it says that Joseph was processing how can I do this without hurting her or her family? Now think about this. Joseph's in a dilemma. He loves Mary. He's betrothed. And in Jewish, that's actually, it, it's, the way it's set up is, is you've got the, the pre-wedding you're married to the real wedding you're married. So it's a process of they're actually 
the, it's not like engagement because in the Jewish, the concept is, is you're married and then you're going into the second stage of that. It's really, it's really interesting how it operates. But here he is, he's going into the second stage. Second stage is the cool one. It's the important one. It's the one that everybody's waiting for. And that's when you can finally do the thing, you know. It, you're just not holding hands anymore. The second stage is what Joseph's like going, it's coming, it's coming. And all of a sudden, Mary's pregnant. And he's like, how do I deal with this? And he's literally in his house going, I've, I've got to work out a plan. I don't want to hurt, but this, is, this ain't working. She's got another, you know, Joseph down the street or something. And, and, and this is where we're at. And an angel appears to him. And says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Notice it says, take Mary, your wife. For which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Oh, gee, that makes things better. All right, anyway. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. For he will save his people. Okay, you shall call his name. You got to name the baby that's not yours. Now, that dream better be a powerful dream. I mean, it better be, you know, filled with all kinds of God in it because he's going to have to do something that goes against everything within him. Now, see, we're reading the Bible and it's a so pretty story, but we do this all the time with scripture and we toss aside humanity. We toss aside the feelings, the emotion, and because of that, we lose the power of God's word. All I know is the moment I started allowing this word to become real to me is when it really impacted me. When it was just the religious book, the thing that I studied, the thing that we, you know, we looked at and paid attention to and heard about, but it wasn't relevant in a way that it needed to be. It had to become life for it to change my life. I want it to become life to you, but it's an understanding, an understanding of these truths and how important they are to you right now. See, we, for, for thousands of years, we do the Christmas thing. Hundreds of years we do the Christmas thing. And then how many years have you done the Christmas thing? And we've all done the Christmas thing. And my Christmas thing had a portion of it all about Santa Claus. Anybody else, you, you've been here like that? Okay. Anytime we have kids in the congregation, I start doing this, I get real scared. Like, I don't want to say something just in case. But you know what I'm saying? Because you just got to be careful. Because I remember an uprising at a church once when the pastor said something and there were kids in the congregation and parents were like going, dude, like, what are you doing? So I'm very careful on that. Easter Bunny, I'll shoot it in a second. I don't care. You, you teach your kids about Easter Bunny. But Santa Claus, you know, that's like sacrilege, you know. So I, 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 I tiptoe through that. But anyway, the point is, is you know what I'm saying? So now I'm in this whole thing with a different viewpoint, and I, the, 
the evolving of my families was interesting because we'd have Santa Claus right out front and right on front center with all the Christmas lights. Boom, there he is. And he was a big Santa Claus because it was a time when my dad worked for 7-Up Bottling Company and they had these displays that were full life Santa Clauses and it was almost like they were going against Coke, you know, in their Santa Claus. So this was a lifelike, beautiful Santa Claus. But the Christmas before, they had to get rid of them and he took it. You know, they said, here, you can have it. We're done with it. So we used that for our display on Christmas. It was awesome. Santa Claus in front of our house going, hey, what's up? No, he didn't do that. But he was cool. But then we have that up every year. Then when I got, when I got born again, and I'm not born again, but when I got this thing connected in what I did when I was a little kid um, receiving Jesus and started walking this thing out, I get my whole family saved. And now my family's saved, and we're going into Christmas. And we're like going, what about Santa Claus? So what they do is, my mom does this, she gets my dad to go out and make a baby in a manger and the whole setup, and she takes a Santa Claus and makes my dad bend the knee of Santa Claus, and now Santa Claus is like this with the baby in the manger. It was so cool. So I just thought, how awesome is that? But anyway, the point is, is, of the story is, is nothing. Just want to tell you guys, that's my story. But the thing is, is this is something so, so important because it is about Jesus, salvation. Now, if you look at where it came from, the Hebrew language is tied to the word Joshua. But Joshua, name wasn't Joshua as his mom and dad gave him. It was Hosea, H, not J. And what happened is, is Moses changed his name to Joshua. Which is very interesting because the first one is Deliverer. And his name becomes God Delivers. Deliverer to God Deliverer. Isn't that interesting? And names were very, very important in, in, in that day and age. It represented who you were. And so here he is getting a name change, but Jesus is tied to that name as well because it is a picture or a type of what happens to us as, as believers. And once we were in the world, and then we came out of the world into his kingdom. And that picture of Joshua is the same picture of people becoming delivered out of the world and into the promised land. And that's what we're living in is the promised land. But the name Jesus, um, uh, Joshua, which is Jesus, how we pronounce it, literally, when you break down the, the Greek language of that, tied to the Hebrew language, it literally means I am. I am. So when God reveals his name, he, like Moses, he said, who do I say sent me? And, Moses, and God says to Moses, tell Pharaoh, I am sent you. I am. Is that amazing? Not just a normal name, Baal, or all the other, you know, wacko deities out there, but God says, I am. Now, I don't know about you, but think about Moses. I am. I am what? You know, you, you, you're like going, well, what's the rest of it? And he said, just say, I am. I am that I am. Very, 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 very important because of what it means in the life of Jesus as well. But his name literally means, I am God, deliverer. 
I am God deliverer. Isn't that powerful? I am God deliverer. Every time the name is spoken, it's I am God deliverer. And so when we look at that, we look at, okay, the birth of Christ, his name shall be I am God deliverer. Very powerful. We get deliverance through what? Salvation. And so what we have here is is we have a story where God tells, through an angel, tells Joseph, call him Yahshua. Luke chapter 1, verse 68, we have the story of Zacharias. Zacharias is John the Baptist's dad. And what happens is, is he now is in this story concerning Jesus because he's going to prophesy about Jesus before Jesus comes. And this is what, it's, what, what he says. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation. He's raised up what? A horn of salvation. Horn symbolizes power and victory. When you see a horn, it, 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 in the scripture, it's talking about power and victory. Power and victory, okay? And he says, for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved. Everybody say, be saved. Be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which we swore to our father Abraham. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you'll go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sin, not plural, singular, the remission of sin. And when it ever is talking about us, it's not talking about sins when it comes to salvation, ever. It's only talking about sin in nature. In nature. Do you understand that? In nature. Not by action, but by nature. Nature. That is the number one thing you need to understand about this whole thing as a follower of Jesus is is sin nature is the problem, not sins committed. If you don't get that, you will always be walking in guilt and condemnation. You have to understand it's a nature problem, nature problem, amen? All right, let's move right on. And he says, to give you knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sin through the tender mercies of our God, which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is talking about total and complete victory for those that receive the Savior. Total and complete victory. The language itself is tied to a, a, a like a general of a great army going in and attacking another army and defeating it completely and setting all the captives free and the defeat so awesome that they will never have an ability to come back and get them as slaves again. That's the picture of that prophecy. And it's very powerful because he's telling us 
before even Jesus comes out of that womb, that he is about salvation. And that is complete salvation, complete deliverance. Because when you take the word salvation in the Greek language, this is the key. This is the key to what I'm talking about. It means deliverance, setting free, wholeness, healing, prosperity. And you're thinking, well, where's the heaven part? Where's the heaven part? That's the problem. We are so focused on going to heaven, we assume that was, that's what this is all about. Yes, it is a part, but listen, going to heaven isn't even a major part. The major part is eternal life. Eternal life. And when you understand that it goes beyond getting to heaven, eternal life, according to Jesus, is right now. Right now. And all of a sudden things start changing because we're getting an information that is contrary to a religious picture. A religious picture is something we go in, we celebrate, and we get out. But when we start looking at this in the correct way and see it as salvation, Jesus is salvation. I am God saving. I am God delivering. I am God healing. I am God setting free. I am God making whole. All of a sudden, everything changes. Our whole outlook on the season becomes different. Why? Because we become different in how we're looking at it. And when you're different on how you see something, you start reacting differently. Things feel differently. The songs we sing become different. Holy night becomes more impacting. Are you guys hearing me? Silent night. These are things that we get beyond the religious traditions and we move into life. Life. And that's what this is about, salvation. And I'm so in love with this message because I know that I'm moving into Mary's salvation. Mary's salvation. Because that's why Jesus was sent. Total victory. Health, soundness, deliverance, wholeness, prosperity belongs to me because that's what Salvation is. Is that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Now, all right, I said that the name Yahshua, the beginning of it is the term where we get in the Hebrew and Greek is I am. It's, it's the reference to God. I am is in reference to who was and is and is to come. Are you hearing me? Hebrews 3, I think it's 18, says this. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Revelations chapter 4, and this is talked about four times in Revelations, that Jesus is, that he was, and is, and is to come. Every reference to Jesus is the reference to God, was, is, and is to come. Why is this so valuable and so important? Because what we have to do is we have to take the name of Jesus, our deliverer, our savior, salvation, who was born on the day that we call Christmas. Now, well, of course, we don't know exact day, but it don't matter. 
Who cares? It's the day we celebrate him, right? I mean, if someone came to you and said, you know what, I don't know what day your, your birthday was, but I think I'm going to celebrate next Saturday. You ready for that? I'm going to go, sir, go for it. I'm not going to go, no, please don't. That's not my real birthday. I'm going to go, hey, if presents are involved and cake, let's do this thing. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, is it doesn't matter. What matters is, is we are celebrating. Amen? We're celebrating something. But I'm going beyond we're celebrating a babe in a manger, no place for his head. We're going past that. We're going to the place of I'm celebrating salvation. Mary, <laughs> salvation. I know it sounds lame, but who cares? It's my message. The point is, is this. It is about salvation. But what is so powerful about this? Because we're talking about the great I am. That's why the religious people hated it when Jesus said, I am. He was literally going, boom, I'm God. That's it. We read it in the English terminology as, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. I am the door. And we look at it as, you know, Jesus making references. No! In the language of his day, he's going, God door, God way, God, I am him. Woo! They hated it, they hated it, they hated it. Because then he would say, hey, if you see me, you see the Father. Boom, they couldn't stand it. Because what Jesus was declaring, I need him to declare that. I need him to show me that because what I have to have happen in here that gets down in here is to know that this is about my father. This is about my God who wants to see me who he really is. Not the religious picture, but who he really is. He sent Jesus because he is love. Every action on his part is tied to love. It's a beautiful thing to connect in this understanding of this time. It's a beautiful thing. And here we have the picture of Jesus, I am, being born on this earth. Was, is, I'm just getting this right now. Salvation. We were saved. We're being saved. We will be saved. Healing. We were healed. We're being healed. We have healing. Spirit. We're born again. Is soul. Our soul is being saved. Body. Will be saved. That's all the scripture says. We'll get a new body. Last. So you've been messing with your body. Don't worry, it'll be brand new when you go to heaven. You'd be thinking, what am I, how am I, uh, what if my hair ain't right? What if, what if, what if my makeup, he, don't worry about it. Even everybody in here is going to be going, whoa, everybody's going to look hot. Every, cool, not hot. In heaven, we don't look hot because that's how you would in hell. <laughs> hot. But do you see what I'm saying? In other words, it's going to be different. Sin. Sin is done with. Sin we're dealing with. No presence of sin. This whole thing, I bet you can keep going and going and going. I can see it. And what is it saying? It's saying when you look at 
this Jesus, when you look at the Father, you're looking at always. There was no beginning. He's always been. And you get this picture of how he communicates, I am. Jesus, I am. And what we're seeing is, is something so vital because ultimately the past becomes the most important thing. Because if you can't see the past of, I was healed, I was saved, I was forgiven, then the present, you can't realize the truth. Because now you're dealing with a whole different consciousness of sin, not what was already dealt with. So the way you're living today is being perverted because you don't understand the past of the great I am. Isn't that amazing? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. I am not reading about sins. I'm not reading about anything relation to that. Are you hearing me? We look at the scripture and we dictate sins in heaven. And that's not at all what it's talking about. Though it has reference to it in understanding, but it's not at all what it's talking about. What is it talking about? God's love sent Jesus so we all could be saved. Well, saved means heaven. No, it doesn't. I already explained to you what saved means. See, that's what religion does. It twists you into believing something that Scripture isn't trying to show you. The problem is, is because religion's so sin conscious, it will always lean toward works. Always. It has to. Even when it talks about salvation, it'll lean to works. Even when it talks about being saved, it'll lean to works. Keeping salvation, leaning to works. Everything's about works. But the kingdom of God and his word is tied to one work, which created one action, which produced one deliverance, and that's it. And it had nothing to do with you. And all to do with him. Is that awesome? Nothing to do with you. And I know that bothers you because you wish you could have a little control of salvation, but you don't. That's why he left you out. Are you guys hearing me? He left you out of the picture. In the, as a matter of fact, the, the picture of us being saved comes through the picture of Abraham and his covenant. And God, a God of covenant, made sure that when he made covenant with Abraham, he put Abraham to sleep. I mean, totally, you're going night-night. Now, everywhere else when it came to sacrifice and covenant, it involved the person and the sacrifice. Every covenant and connection with people had to do with those two people. God does this, Abraham I'm going to make covenant with you, but in this covenant, I need you to get out of the way. He puts him to sleep, and the Bible says that two pictures came, a, a, a big furnace and a torch. God and the son Jesus cut covenant with one another. 
And you all know the understanding that a chain is only strong as its weakest link. There's no weak link in salvation because God cut covenant with God. Praise God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Now, I guarantee you here a lot of Christians, you think that's what God does. He's out to condemn. He's out to make sure that you're going to pay. There's a penalty. And that's what religion does. And that's what Jesus fought all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what do we see him doing? Contrary to that. Opposite to that. And they hated it. They hated it. Why? Because God was revealing who he really was, and they were revealing who they really were. Jesus called them out. He said, you know what? Your actions show forth this picture of, of perfection, but you're actually children of your father. And he called them out and said, you're children of the devil. These guys were the picture of religion. They were the only picture that people had of those are the ones that are close to God. Jesus comes on the scene and says, they have, they're not even near God. You are closer to God than they are. And how would he do that? Because he would go to people that had no connection with God through a religious concept, and he'd say, when you pray, say, my father. Is that powerful? He's not talking to the churchgoers, the Bible college students. No, he's talking to normal, everyday people that were outcasts. And he said, when you pray, say, our father, my father. Is that awesome? He hasn't even gone to the cross yet. He's already talking this way. And they couldn't stand it. They didn't like anything about it. Now let's move on. It says this. John 6, 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have forgiveness of sins. Is that what your guys say? No, you ain't even reading the Bible. You just believe in me, right? Okay. I, I won't lead you astray. Ready? He who believes the Son may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up in the last day. He who believes in me, he who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved, delivered, set free, made whole. Are you guys hearing this? And what are we talking about? We're talking about Mary's salvation because this is what this is about. This is the proclamation of Matthew, the proclamation of Luke. This is the beginning before he even comes out of the womb, and they're saying, deliver, salvation, salvation, salvation. This is salvation. This is salvation. Is this awesome? And it says, he who believes in him may have everlasting life. Eternal life. Not forgiveness of sins. Eternal life. We understand it's connected through the rest of the scriptures on our nature has been wiped away. The forgiveness sins has no connection to us because it wasn't about the sins. It was about the nature. 
I make fun of it in this way, and I've done this for years. It would be, for instance, when you look at the scripture, it would be me going to an apple tree, and the apple tree is producing apples, and I start screaming and yelling and throwing a fit that the tree is producing apples. How dare you produce apples, you terrible tree. All you do is produce apples. And everybody in here would go, that man is crazy. He's a crazy man. He's screaming at an apple tree for producing apples. And guess what? That's what Christians do all the time. All the time. We scream at people for producing something they're supposed to be producing. Yes, man, pastor. At least give me some religious connection. <laughs> if you ain't going to be real with me, just get religious. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Now, you might be thinking, okay, 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 what's that have to do with me? It has everything to do with you. Because you don't have, if you receive Jesus, you don't have that nature no more. Then you go, then why the heck am I still producing apples? You're not. You're choosing to make them, but you're not producing them. That's a choice you're making. That's not a God choice. That's your choice. And don't tie it to God because that's on you, not him. He already set you free. I don't feel free. It, 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 you still have it. I received Jesus. I didn't feel saved. What does that mean? I feel saved now. There, there's no feeling. Why? Because there is no one feeling toward salvation. It's healing, wholeness, deliverance, set free, prosperity. It's this whole picture that has all different types of benefits that come with receiving salvation. And that's what we have to understand. We're going into this season that should be filled with joy and excitement, not because of just the birth of Jesus, but because it is the picture of God saving us all. That's what the picture is. Let's go on. John 3, 36. He who believes the Son now has everlasting life. He who believes the Son now has everlasting life. When? When I believe the Son, now. I have what? See, this is the key. I have now what? Everlasting life. See, religion wants you to look at miserable life, one day, happy life. And what do you get? A lemon-sucking person representing Jesus. Well, you know, one day we'll get to heaven and we won't be all this miserable. And the whole picture is nothing but ugly. But that is not a biblical picture, people. And that's what I'm trying to share with you. This isn't about a life that's forced to go through something. This is about a life received of something. And that is eternal life I have now. That's why I have to see these things in a whole different view, in a whole different way. Because it matters to my family, my marriage, my job, my future my present, 
my past. It has to do with everything. And when you have it connected in that manner, it's 100% relevant. Relevant to life. Mary's salvation, people. Mary's salvation. John 17, 3. This is the definition of eternal life. This is what salvation gives you, this eternal life. And this is eternal life, John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know. Everybody say no. That they may know. Now, this isn't intellectual knowledge in the Greek. This is experimental knowledge. This word know is the same word that would be used, for instance, like in the, uh, like, it's used all through the Bible, but a, a perfect one would be this. And Adam knew Eve. And we would define Adam knew Eve by what happened secondly. Adam knew Eve and took her to Nordstrom's. No, no. Adam knew Eve and a baby came. So what is that? new mean what does it mean the new God or to know God has to do completely with the relationship a close relationship not a intellectual knowledge of God are you guys hearing me in our conversations, in our conversations, we, we become so religious. Just in scripture, I, I got this this morning as I was, I was just praising God and stuff. And I was saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is with me, bless your holy name. And I just was kept, I was just like going, bless you, God. And God said, what does that mean to you? And at the time, it was more like, I'm blessing you. What do you mean, but see, that's the concept of the word bless, right? The point is, is this, is when, when I was saying that, I thought, okay, when, when God does this, he's taking me to just a, a, a new place. And it don't take me, it, it's not really difficult to get me in awe with the Father. I mean, I'm always in awe with him. I'm just like a little puppy dog following my master around, you know, just I don't care. You know, I'm just going to follow him around. But the thing is, is when he said that, I went, what does that mean to me? And within my heart, honestly, it just rose up. I love you. I love you. And he said, correct the mundo. He speaks Spanish to me. Correct? No, he didn't say that. I'm just teasing. <laughs> he said, he didn't say anything. It was just, a, it was a right answer for me. Because what ultimately it became is not a, religious picture, but a picture of, I love you, Father. I just want you to know I love you. And within that, a picture came up. This is how God is. He's so awesome. But a picture came up to Daniel when he was about five years old. And I remember, I, I don't remember what day, what, if it was, it was birthday, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't remember. I just remember the words out of his mouth. I think it was a birthday. But I went into his room, I was just saying, I, I was just saying good night. 
And as I walked out, he said, you're a good father. He didn't say good father. He said, good papa. He said, you're a good papa. I just, it just melted my heart. That scene and that picture instantly came in, my, came in here. And the father was saying, and that's how I feel. When you say, I love you, you're a good father. It melts his heart. Isn't that beautiful? Because I remember as a, as a dad, as a papa, just those words, I would have bottomed the world. I, I, you know, he could have went, and by the way, I want this, and I would have, okay, how many do you want? You know what I'm saying? You know when they melt your heart? And so he says that, and I feel like so precious, and then God says, and that's how I feel. And then I took it to the next step, and I thought, yeah, you know, this is awesome, because how would it felt if my son would have went, bless you, Papa. <laughs> that would have been so lame. That would have been such a religious action. Bless you, Papa. <laughs> and see, that, see, God knows, you know, I, I need help like that. You know, I'm not like the smartest, you know, uh, person in the room. And so he usually deals with me with fat crayons. Anybody like that? You know, you need the fat crayons, you know. And, and you might be thinking, well, pastor, hey, don't worry about me. I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm secure in who I am and in my image. So I, I don't have to, you know, concern myself about uh, making you feel, you know, intellectual in here. I just got to be real and bring truth. Yeah. And the easier that I can paint a picture, the better it is for you. Yeah. If you want spiritual truth and you want the highest level of spiritual truth, it's going to come down to simplicity or I'm not teaching it. In other words, there's no such thing. If I teach something that you guys leave and go, that was the greatest in-depth teaching on prayer I've ever heard. I, I don't know how we'll ever learn that. Then you weren't taught. It was a promotion of how spiritual I think I am. And that's not what our gathering is about. Our gathering is a family unit, and we're not trying to show you the knowledge I have. We're trying to share information so that we can all learn from it. That's how successful families are trained and raised up, bringing information to a simplicity of understanding. That's what this church is about. From that stage of nursery all the way around is a picture of what I'm talking about. Every child at the level they're at is getting instruction of what we receive here in the big service, the adult service. They're getting it in a way where they can perceive it and understand it. And I can tell you right now, through the mouths of parents, including myself, there are sometimes your kids come home and they can school you on the Christian walk. And you're like going, oh, I know, that sucks. And then I just pull out the card. I'm pastor, back off, boy. I'm pa my, they put pastor in front of my name. Don't tell me about the Bible. No, it just, you got to just suck it up and go, you're right. You're right. How many, how many parents have had your children school you in Scripture? Amen. Uh, Papa, that is not the way Jesus would act. What pop are you talking about? Because you ain't talking about this one. 
And this is eternal life, that, you may, that they may know close relationship, watch this, and that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You want, listen, we got it, people. This is, this is the truth. There's no religion out there. There's nothing that compares to what we have. I mean, we have a God that literally is saying, I want everything about you. And I've done everything for you to get that. You can't read any religion, any religion that has been written or shown forth as a belief system in our history, in the world's history, that even comes close to what we have. And we're talking about God, the creator of everything, is talking this way to us. We are so valuable and so important. Mary, salvation. Like I said, don't be doing that, going out there doing that, though, okay? <laughs> this is just for us. This is just the message. Don't, no, I go to love life, Mary, salvation. I'm saying Christmas no more. Don't do that. I'm telling you right now, don't be doing that. We don't do that here. This is message only, all right? Now I'm like, I want to change it. Put Merry Christmas up there real quick. All right. <laughs> so John 5, 24 says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has forgiveness of sin. For those that are reading your Bible, you know that's not true, right? What does it say? Has everlasting life and shall not come to judgment. Now you might be thinking, well, pastor, come on. I mean, it has to deal with forgiveness of sin, right? Of course it does. But that's not the context of anything what we've talked about. What we're talking about is what the Bible is trying to show us. Why do we need to understand that? Because we've got a major on the majors, not major on the minor. The minor can be majored on when it's in reference to what we need to talk about. But when we're talking about Jesus being sent, we're talking about the love of the Father, we're talking about the whole purpose, it has to do with everlasting life. It has to do with salvation. Now, of course, that includes this part, because that's what Jesus went to the cross to. He went to the cross to do what? To pay the penalty of the nature. Don't say sins, because that's not what this is about. It's the nature. You guys understand that? The blood redeems us from the nature of sin and the curse that aligns itself up with that nature. That's what the Bible teaches. So of course it has to do with, I've been redeemed from sin. I've redeemed from the curse. But if you want to walk in it, you have to understand what eternal life is about. You have to. You have to understand what salvation is. Because if you flip it to getting to heaven, then you're going to live hell on earth. And right now, there's no hope. There isn't. Just one day. But nowhere does it teach this in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it teaches contrary to that type of belief. 
Well, then why would they? Because men, people, get religionized and start twisting Scripture out of context. And that's what messes people up. That's why even Christians have difficult time during Christmas time. When I say Merry Christmas now, it has a whole different meaning. It does. Because now I'm looking at a person at Safeway or Fry's or Target. I'm saying Merry Christmas, but now I'm seeing salvation can belong to you. Wholeness can belong to you. I don't look at just the person. Now I look at what Jesus can bring to them. What this salvation does for them. What eternal life that they can have right now. Now is salvation. Now is eternal life. That's why Jesus said to his disciples when he, he was going into Samaria, he goes, guys, look around, man. Look around. It's harvest is so ripe right now. But there's not, there's, there's not enough laborers. And they're like going, what? What do you mean? They just had a difficult time with this. But Jesus was looking at the world. Please understand this. He's still looking at the world. And I was part of that. But now I'm not. Why? Because one of you, not necessarily one of you, but one of you, chose to realize that there's still a harvest out there. You understand that? See, one of you believed that there was a harvest and that I needed that. We become Christianized, religionized, and we lose sight of even the reason why we're still even here. It's got to change. See, that, I promise you, will produce the change that you're wanting in your own personal life, in your family, in the things that you're desiring for your family. I promise you. And the reason why I can be so dogmatic, so, you know, I'm unmovable on that is because my Jesus told me that. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and I'll multiply the stuff. And stuff isn't defined by you, it's defined by whoever. It, that's a big deal because we want to define, you know, if you don't shop at Walmart, you're wasting, you're not being a good steward of God's money. You know, if you go to a fancier place, you should be able to, and, and, and you can keep going down the line. You guys have heard me. If you shop at Walmart, you're stealing from God because you can go to Salvation Art, we can get it cheaper. And then we can go further down than that, you know. Don't buy anything. Wait till someone gives it to you. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? You can't do that. Your needs are met by God at the needs that you're at. Are you guys hearing me? That's the fact. That's the Bible. So God's good. He feels the same way for each one of us. And that's what I love about him. That's what I love about this message. Because ultimately, we got to move into this season with a whole different outlook. All of us. Why? Because I want it to be the best. 
I want you to have the greatest time ever in this Christmas time that we celebrate. And the way that's going to happen is, is you're going to look beyond you. Because if you stay focused on you, I promise you, you is always going to be big. And that means it amplifies everything about you. And usually that has to do with baggage. Usually it has to do with hurts, pains, offenses, sin. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. But when you get beyond you and start looking at this through the eyes of salvation, all of a sudden you think, man, I'm pretty special. Because he sent his son to give me eternal life. I'm pretty special. And now I'm looking at this picture of I am God, deliverer in that manger. I think it's beautiful. John 6, verse 40. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Not will, has everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. John 12, 50. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is ever lasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. It's about salvation. It's about eternal life. And that eternal life connected to salvation means healing, eternal life, deliverance, eternal life, wholeness, eternal life. What is eternal life? Yesterday, today, and forever. It's who God is, eternal life, which we have. Are you guys hearing this? So all of a sudden... Merry Christmas, the greatest, beautiful, most awesome time to me personally. Not saying I don't love Easter, because I do, and I love the celebration of Easter, because it is so important, so valuable. But this time of year, especially if you grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Y'all got that? All right. I don't know the rest of the song. The, rest. the point is, is this. Let's go into this season understanding, number one, how awesome we are to God. Number two, how much he loves us and how much we love him. And number three, people need to know. They really do. I needed to know once, and we got Santa bowing to Jesus. Amen? I think it's time for us to turn this thing around to where Santa's bowing to Jesus. Amen? 
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.